I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we saw two, I would say now, you and I haven't talked about this, so this may be solely my opinion, but two sort of unimportant Wednesday night shows. I didn't really feel the energy from, you know, that we normally get from watching these Wednesday night shows. Both were just sort of up and down, ho-hum. I didn't like the the lineups for for either night and I didn't really think that there was you know too many big things coming out of either show so maybe our review you know we'll, we'll have to we'll have to pick pick through stuff I don't know how you feel about that but my usually when I come into this uh, to this Thursday show I'm like oh like I feel some sort of way about these shows and I just found myself kind of like in the middle on so much on both of these shows um, NXT, I wasn't surprised about what they put out. I think they're because they're they're now they're building back to you know to another takeover. I'm you know a bit shocked about a big match next week that's going to take place. Didn't expect it to come that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, AEW though, that's where I was really disappointed because you know it's the post pay per view show and I I was a little underwhelmed by the lineup and I was really underwhelmed what they delivered that night. I thought I was expecting. Something big to come out. Other than, the, I guess, the biggest news was they're going to do the Moxley Omega match on TV, which yep. that's the biggest news. But other than that, like, I expected more. I expected more, um, but we didn't get it. It was kind of a, I thought overall, like a ho hum show. So, but I did find some likes of the AEW show I, I, I enjoyed and, and, um, some dislikes, of course. But, um, yeah, it, um, I think, I think that, I don't know. I don't know why they did that the way. I, I don't know why. I know they, they, it was interesting. They took that top flight versus Young Bucks match off the show. Did you see that? If they I'm put- reading between the tea leaves, mm-hmm. it probably has to do with uh, maybe a little bit of rest and recuperation from mm-hmm. the pay-per-view. Yeah, it was interesting they announced it and then they pulled it. And I and, and I was a little worried about that match too. One I'm worried about cuz I've seen Top Flight work. I've I watched once I saw that they announced I decided to, you know, take a ma- look at their matches on dark and I saw their work. You know, the good athletes, they did a lot of a lot of the high flying stuff, but um, really 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 poor on fundamentals and and all that. So, um but I, it's better to kind of leave it off a week. So it's interesting what the Bucks are going to do with them next week. I assume it's going to be a typical Bucks match with a lot of stuff going on. But uh, but yeah, so like I, said, I expected more, but what we got. And um, let's hope next week's a little better. I think next week will be because I think we got a big title match on NXT. And I'm sure AEW is going to come back stronger. Yeah, I think coming out of that pay-per-view... They did a lot on that pay-per-view where I could imagine coming back and doing matches four days later might be a little hard for some of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so that that might be why we, we got what we got, which was, you know, the, the main event was two guys who weren't even on the show. So they didn't really have to worry about, you know, being 
injured or anything with uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. But before we get into that, I did want to go over some of the stuff that's been happening on the website because I saw your tweet today where you were kind of fired up about a lot of the content that's on the website and a lot of the podcasts that are happening. And so I wanted to do a little bit of um, shouting out a lot of the stuff. So uh, I did a show with Justin Nipper and uh, John Moxley, and that was uh, put up on Wednesday. That was a really fun show you know, Moxley talking about UFC, but we did get him to talk a little bit about wrestling. He talked about the Eddie Kingston feud and whether or not that feud was sort of designed to go through the pay-per-view when it was first started or or when they kind of created it. Because I heard Tony Khan say that, you know, Kingston wasn't necessarily supposed to be in that spot, but he was going to be fair, you know, next or coming soon, you know, in, in the pipeline. And so Moxley answered that question. He had this really fun quote about Randy Couture. You remember when they did the, uh, I think it was the countdown special when he went to hang out with Randy Couture uh, and, and Randy Couture was trying to teach him how to stay out of the um, the Boston Crab or the, the Walls of Jericho? Oh, that's, uh, I don't, is it on the countdown show? I think it was like the, the when he faced uh, Jericho for the title, whenever that was, maybe so, was that earlier... Uh, earlier this year. I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. when that match was, but basically, you know, they, they brought Randy Couture on. And it's like, okay, how do I, you know, there's this move. And so Mox is telling the story about like, because he doesn't expect Randy Couture to know what that move is, right? Like Randy Couture is not, you know, a big wrestling fan or anything. But Randy was like, totally knows, you know, he totally knew what was going on. He's like, oh yeah, you know, mm. I, I wanted to use that against James Tony when I fought James Tony in the UFC. So, <laughs> So never Mox, forget, never forget Mox, that match. I know Mox telling that story was actually pretty funny. That's awesome. Um, and so that's up there. Uh, and then you know we we had the show with Justin. Uh, he recorded a show with Fumi Saido and Debbie Malenko. And I didn't. We didn't really know what to do. Justin and I weren't sure what to do because was it just going to be YouTube? Were we going to save it? What were we going to do? And I was like, look, dude. This is a really cool story. We have Debbie Malenko who's trying to make a comeback. I ha- I talked to her with with Meltzer uh, probably over a month ago, so she she's got the the bug again, right? Like she wants to do it. It's time, and so now you know with re- the way wrestling works today, like it's you know in the in the pandemic, it's kind of hard for her. There's not a lot of places to just go and and do stuff. Can't obviously go overseas. Can't go to Mexico. So. She's really just trying to find spots where she can possibly do some stuff. So that that's that's what that show was about. Is you know Fumi and her are very close, and they're just you know talking about her career and kind of bringing her name back up so that people you know remember her and start thinking about her. And then so we mentioned it to Moxley. Just you know we 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 just kind of talked about that show, and Moxley was like, "Oh, we got to get her on Dynamite." So I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen there. We'll see. I but you know we're all rooting for Debbie. She's a really yeah. cool lady, and uh, you know her story with Meltzer and Meltzer uh, using her umbrella and not ever returning it back to her, you know, 30 years ago or however long that was. Wouldn't it be awesome if we found, wouldn't it be awesome if we found out that tie-dye sweater <laughs> was actually Debbie Malenko's? That'd be a great story. Um, no, she's great. And I, you know, I've, I saw her work, you know, tape trading, um, you know, just uh, not like I was searching out for it, but um 
sometimes you'd get extra stuff on tapes, right? Like people would record like six hours of stuff and they just throw stuff on there extra or they didn't want to, they didn't want to stop the tape and just let it run, right? And yeah. Everything. And so I would get some All Japan Women one time and she was on one of the matches and and I knew of her because I was such a mark for, um, you know, the after magazines and one of my favorite magazines of that, of their list of magazines was the wrestler and the wrestler had this column called introducing and it always featured a young up and coming wrestler. I love that. And as we talk about all the time, I still to this day love the young up and coming wrestlers coming mm-hmm. up. Same thing with baseball. I still love the rookies and all that stuff, the, the future stars cards and everything. So the introducing Colin was just like, I just loved it. And I remember seeing Debbie Malenko in her picture. And I'm like, Malenko, they have a sister, you know? And I was like, <laughs> hook, line, and sinker like, mm-hmm. in their story. So I misremembered her. And she was really good. And she was sensational. And she got injured and, and then she was gone. I didn't realize she came back for a couple of matches in the 2000, 2017. I think she had her last match. Um, but, um, but she was always like, whatever happened to Debbie Malenko? So when you showed up on Meltzer's show with you, I'm like, wow. And then, and then this show happened with Fumi and Justin. And like, I had to listen to right away. And I was just like, I really fired up about her story, about her comeback. So I'm, I can't wait to whatever she does next. And, um, I mean, for their training Carl got, she's probably going to be fundamentally better than any woman on a lot of these rosters. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't wait to see what's next for her. So one of the hilarious stories that she tells is or her and Fumi tell, which is the women are all in this match and the winner is undecided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they they don't they don't know who's going to win, and they have to basically watch the the guy in, you know in the corner, and the way he's holding this pencil or this pin basically tells them who's going to go over in the match, and so that doesn't happen until the match is already started and going. And so to hear her and Fumi talk about that was really interesting. Yeah, and I liked her story too. She had a great story about uh, outside of the ring going to a shop and meeting someone who recognize who she was and took her to meet her son at school. I thought that was just a fantastic story. And, you know, so yeah, I highly recommend all our people, all our listeners to check out that, that podcast. It's really, really good. And it's a, it's a really fun listen. Yeah. So a couple other things before we get to our reviews, um, uh, JD Oliva has been writing about amateur wrestling uh, on our website. We've never had anything about amateur wrestling. And, and I, I know people in the amateur wrestling field are like, it's not really amateur wrestling. It should be like, whatever. I, that's just the way that I can describe it so people understand it. He he had a piece uh, earlier this week, which is probably the most read thing that wasn't like a hot UFC play-by-play or something uh, in a very long time, and uh, and he he did a um, he did a profile. Uh, you know, he he interviewed somebody basically, and let me find the wrestler's name because the story was so good, and that thing in that community got retweeted and and retweeted and retweeted. The guy's name is uh, Joe Rao, uh, and 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 they're basically talking about kind of his you know his rise and his journey. Uh, and and what's going on, you know, during COVID nineteen right now, and and Joe retweeted it, and that that amateur wrestling community retweeted it, so that was awesome. But JD let me know that he was in contact with Don Callis. Now, Don Callis has been 
a little bit like I, I think he showed up on on uh, the the pay per view to mm-hmm. to do the play by or to do the color on Kenny's match with Adam Page. So you know, there's kind of like, oh, what's Don doing there? And so JD talked to Don. I think he's going to have a piece either Friday or maybe early next week, possibly with uh, some uh, some quotes from one Kenny Omega as well. But so there's something coming out that I kind of want to. I, I didn't really want to give away anything because I, I haven't seen it. I you know, All I know is that JD's been in communication and uh, that. So that should be really fun because, and I'm not spoiling anything because Don's going to be quoted in the thing. So obviously he talked to him. So, but that'll be really interesting. I, I can't, I can't wait to see what the, uh, what the angle is there with, uh, with what Don is doing. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to mention. So, you know, we have we, we have way more boxing on the website than we've had in a while. Carlos has been writing. He he wrote about the the new WBC weight class today, the Bridger weight, which is like between heavyweight and cruiserweight and sort of how bad of an idea that is. But since if it happens, like here's some fantasy booking of it. So he did that today. That is up. And then Robert Silva, the great Robert Silva, is still counting down the greatest knockouts of all time. Tomorrow or Saturday, we will have the uh, from 40 to 36. So we'll have that up either Friday or Saturday. And then he's also writing about the greatest light heavyweights of all time. So check out all of that stuff on the website. And then last thing before we get to a break and then we get to our reviews is that Thanksgiving for us uh, is going to be a little bit different. We'll we'll have our normal WCW Saturday night stuff uh, on Monday, but for our normal normal Thursday night Friday morning show, that's when you and I are going to be hanging out with our families. So we're not going to record that night. Instead, we're going to find some time to pre-record a review of a Survivor Series, and we kind of. Th- toss this around with the fight game podcast facebook group we're like you know what would people want to see and some some mentioned the uh team bischoff versus team austin elimination match which i thought was a really fun idea you know the very first survivor series with that great tag team uh, survivor series match but then i thought back to the 1996 survivor series team or survivor series show which features not only the debut uh of the rock as Rocky Maivia, but Bret Hart's comeback match where he basically handpicks Stone Cold Steve Austin to be his comeback match. And they have a fantastic match on that Survivor Series show. So I threw that out to you. You liked it. So I think that's what we're going to do. We'll review that show. And the reason, only reason I want, you know, it, it didn't have to be a surprise, but I wanted to say it here is in case people who are listening, you have uh, two weeks exactly to watch that show if you want to watch that show. I know, you know, right around Thanksgiving, a lot of people get a little sentimental and they start watching, you know, old Survivor Series shows. 1996 is, is a good one. So if you want to watch it, you know, watch it before and, and you'll hear John and me break it down uh, as uh, as we get to watch it too. So I just want to throw that out in case people wanted to get a head start in watching that show before our Thanksgiving show that w- that show will be out like the the morning after Thanksgiving, but yeah. Plus, it's a good lead in for what we've been talking about next year in t- 2021 with Raw 97. You think about the Survivor Series show, how it not only the debut of Rocky, right? Rocky Maivia, Austin's big match with Brett, which starts his ball rolling. 
and Shawn Michaels' match, his reaction at Master's Garden at night versus match with, with Psycho Sid mm-hmm. really kicked off what he would end up be doing in 97. So a lot of like that, that show itself is a very important show in, in WWE history or WF history, whatever you want to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that, that match, like the, the, the Austin and Bret Hart match from WrestleMania 13, I think most people think is, you know, maybe probably top five greatest WWE matches of all time. Easily. Yeah. But that 96 match is depending on, you know, WrestleMania is WrestleMania. The stipulation, they worked through that I quit stipulation. But this Survivor Series match is almost a little underrated just mm-hmm. because it didn't happen at WrestleMania. And I'm so psyched to watch this match again because I remember loving the hell out of this match. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that match, too. It's been a while since I've seen this whole pay-per-view. So. But I, I remember being so happy that Austin did so well because I was such, you know, I still am such a big fan of Steve Austin and, you know, his WWF career didn't start the way, you know, I wanted it to start as a fan of his. And then he started cooking with the stone cold and mm-hmm. it, I was like so happy when he got this spot with Brett and they, he hit a home run and then, you know, the rest is history. So yeah, he, he was just supposed to be the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. All right, let's quickly uh, take a break before we get to our AEW and NXT reviews. So we're talking we've been talking about Indeed and job hiring in during a pandemic and during COVID-19. And I think, you know, what's so important these days is really just being able to really pinpoint what you need and 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 making sure that uh, you know, when you when you are f- trying to find somebody, it's almost like it's more important to find quality candidates during a pandemic because, you know, I think a lot of people are probably a little risk averse to leaving jobs right now. So if you're really looking forward to you, you, you need to hire somebody, there may not be as many candidates as there would be in a non-pandemic just before that. So it makes places like Indeed even more valuable because you know indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring um, you only pay for what you need you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts and then they have these tools that help you really you know make that search and and find the people who you are looking for uh, much easier so right now indeed is offering our listeners a free 75 dollar credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available. So right now, go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. The offer is valid through the end of the year. So through December 31st, check out Indeed. All right, John, let's talk about uh, these shows here. I, and I wanted to start with NXT. Uh, you know, usually it doesn't really matter what we start. We so usually we start with AEW, but I I wanted to start with NXT because I was I, I I'm so intrigued at what you think about the opening segment of this show. Um, I I was. I was uh, like, okay, so Johnny Gargano, as we know, his character has has blossomed. He he and his wife, 
he is not just wrestling matches these days. He's not just, you know, wrestling 15 minutes. Like he's a, he, he is a comedy figure. He is a performer. He is a character and he does a really good job at those things. And then I saw the, the spin the wheel thing where he basically sat, he, he made it so that it fell on the name of Leon Ruff. And so Leon Ruff comes out in, you know, the, in the, underdog rookie role of you know can they upset the the champion kind of thing and lo and behold he actually won the match mm-hmm. Leon Ruff is the North American heavyweight champion like I think this segment is completely fine as long as Gargano wins but the second he loses I was kind of like just like thinking like what like what what is the end goal obviously we got to wait and see mm-hmm. but I had this as my dislike because I was just like WTF? What are they trying to do? Um, but I was so intrigued at what you thought about this. Actually, I had this on my like. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd just been so entertained by Johnny Gargano. Um, as a heel, because he's a smaller guy, he has to be a little bit over the top. And I, I don't know if he's studying Eddie Gilbert, but he reminds me a lot of Eddie Gilbert. I've mentioned this before but mm-hmm. with him. And he has to be this really over the top, arrogant, cocky heel. And I, you know, I was surprised too about the finish. I didn't expect Leon, Leon Rush to win um, the title, but um, this is just basically to extend the, you know, continue on the program, another layer to the Damian Priest, Charlie Gagano pro, uh, program. And I love the finish. You know, he's sitting there, great camera shot too of like, over Damian Priest's shoulder into the ring. There's Gargano like just sitting there, like just looking at him and he's setting up for that big super kick. He's going to knock this kid's head off and he's just totally staring at uh, Damian Priest, not even paying any attention to Leon Ruff. Mm-hmm. Finally goes for it. He gets caught. One, two, three. Um, you know, the little, little gag with like the belt being too big for Ruff. I mean, <laughs> it's just like an updated version of one, two, three kid, an updated version mm-hmm. of Santino Morello winning the IC title. Um, what comes out of it with Leon Rush? I don't, I don't, I, I don't foresee a long title reign. Um, I think it'd be cool if he does retain a title a couple times, maybe a few weeks to like show that, Hey man, this kid's not, he got something here because he does have talent, you know. Yeah, he he does have talent, but and they he has, treated it like a joke. Well, he's he's the underdog. He's the ultimate underdog, and I we'll see what happens in in the future. I didn't like the whole like the only part I didn't like about Damian Priest is like you better run because he's gonna kick your butt. Like <laughs> I would kind of hope that Leon Ruff is even though he's a smaller guy too. Like I was hoping he can go toe to toe with Johnny too. I know not 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 in experience level of wrestling but at least if he wanted to throw down he could throw some down at least put him a fight you know but i didn't like how they made him look there but gargano thank oh my god dude i died i haven't really laughed out loud in a very long time when i watched the wrestling and i usually don't like the gaga the comedy mm-hmm. but i'll tell oh, you by what, the way drink yeah. oh yeah <laughs> uh but when he said like who booked this match <laughs> like I lost it. That was pretty funny, and and I, and I kind of included um, the backstage stuff with the match, and I also include um, um, the the segment later on where Gargano walks to uh, William Regal's office, 
And he's just like, there's no contract signed or all this stuff. Like he's making every excuse in the world. He's just being a, a, a just a, a just a pain in the ass. Yeah, he he's like, I, I've, I I'm calm now, and I think we should just overturn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, it, yeah. it was a joke. It was a joke. I cheated. I you know, it's just just he's tremendous. You know, I really love this. And I was a little skeptical of heel Johnny Gargano, but no, no more. You know, I I love this character. And I just I don't, don't like using the belt as a prop in that way because I think there I think you could still tell that story the the way, you know, in, in, in more of a straightforward way. I get it. They're they're trying to to keep the story going and they're trying to add layers here and there to make people interested, but I didn't I didn't think that they that they'd even gone, you know, 40% with that story yet. I didn't think they needed to to treat the the title actually in that manner, whether or not it, it was entertaining, I just I just look at that belt and I was like, like they 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 kind of uh, you know bastardized the belt a little bit there to get to, to get to whatever next story that they're telling. Well, I think too, like okay, they if they do the same thing and Gargano kicks out at you know two two and three quarter right of the crucifix ends up getting back to his feet and winning the match and against Leon Ruff and then he has a little little back and forth with Damian Priest or runs away from Damian Priest, like, you know, it'd be good too, right? Mm-hmm. But would it be shocking and talking? Would we be talking about it? Would people be, you know, they wanted some kind of shocking moment and, they, and they'd make it really stand out is to kind of put the belt on, do a title change there with Leon Ruff. I Like I said, I don't think it's going to go long with him. You know, I can, see, you know, there's still Bronson Reed in the back background mm-hmm. that deserves a, a North American title shot. So I can see Leon Ruff kind of, Lucking his way in a couple, you know, wins and, you know, showing that this guy has ability and, and then all of a sudden, you know, like he's booked against Bronson Reed and then Bronson Reed kills him like he did like two months ago or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. and that'd be kind of cool. And then then we have like a, like a chase between Damian Priest and uh, Jordan Grano and Bronson Reed. All right. So I, I will, since that was one of your likes, it was, it was my dislike, but, um, I'll, I'll I'll do my first like, which was <clears throat> I like like ninety five percent of Tony Storm and Candice LeRae. Tony Storm um, as a baby face is just really really good in the role of the you know the, when she's got the the heel and the foil and she, she, what you know her selling is is really good. Her, she, you know, she just has people behind her. Like the crowd is behind her in this match, and some of that is also Candice. But you know, sometimes, sometimes you hear the uh, the Thunderdome or the uh, the the Capital Wrestling Federal, whatever the, that building is called. Mm-hmm. You can you can hear the the ups and the downs in a match. You go, oh, okay, they really like that. Oh, okay, when you know when they don't know what's going on, like like with the Zia Lee thing, there's like no noise at all. But in this match, I thought. The crowd really liked it. Tony Storm is a great babyface. Candice is really solid in her role. I just don't like. I anticipate the finish, right? Because that's just kind of the 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 pattern uh, finish in, in in situations like this. So I can say it's like ninety five percent. I really liked everything. Maybe even ninety seven percent. But that finish does kind. It's kind of like one of those things where you're like. Yeah, I sort of expected it, and 
you know, so should I be okay with it? Should I just be like, uh, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt because the match was so good. That's kind of how I look at it. But I know people were kind of bummed with that finish. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any issue with it. I mean, I think Tony's going to be featured pretty strongly, you know, and and a prominent role actually pretty soon here. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I thought the match was was fine. It was good. I, I didn't have it on my likes or my dislikes, but um, you know, I but I'm I totally take dig Tony Storm. I think she's a rock star. I love that entrance they gave her, that new music she has, and um, you know, she looks great, and she's she's just getting better, getting getting that ring rust off and she's like i said she's looking good and i think i think candace has really really grown on me each time she she wrestles and i think especially her turning heel really she's been showing a lot more personality i really like it as well she's much better i mean she was an okay baby face but she's a pretty good heel like just yeah. her mannerisms her personality even i think it even works to her wrestling style as well i would like to see her you know maybe make you know bump more um because she's a smaller heel too, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like I think sometimes she's kind of just toe to toe too much. I think she needs to be bump more, sneak out more, take advantage, cheat a little bit more, stuff like that, you know. But you know, I, like I said, I think it's uh, yeah, she's really found her her groove here as, as as a heel. All right, what else is on your likes list? I like the main event. I thought the main event was really good, and I thought the match was uh, well. First of all, the just the beginning like. Pat McAfee cutting promos like mm-hmm. every show is a treat. He does not miss a beat. He just does goes and goes. Um, I like okay. The- what well, one one thing that I was wondering about again when I'm watching this, I wonder how you think about this. Hmm. He went toe to toe with Adam Cole, mm-hmm. who's one of their top guys. Should he be running away and cowering from Drake Maverick? I guess that's his role because he is the chicken shit heel. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of wondering, like, didn't you just go toe to toe with Adam Cole? But maybe because you're chicken shit and you hide behind your bad guys, that's what you're supposed to do. But I don't know. I didn't. He's so much bigger than Drake Maverick. It just looked weird. Yeah. Um. Well, with with Adam Cole, like, remember, like, he, it was in a match where the bell rang. He has he has to wrestle, right? Mm-hmm. He also was he took a cheap shot with Adam Cole and it kicked him in the head. So he you know, he's still that slimy heel. You know, of course Drake Maverick came out as a surprise and tried to get him so he's running away, you know, got got caught off guard. So um I like the whole presentation of this match. I like the finish. I love that freaking near fall when uh, Fandango went to the top rope and hit that leg drop because, mm-hmm. you know, that's his finisher. And I was yep. like, whoa, 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 are they going to change title? And then he didn't. It was like such a great near fall. That's when you do like a, let a guy kick out of a big move like that when it, may, it means something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm, I just really like uh, Oni Lorcan and um, and Danny Birch. You know, I'm more of a Birch guy. I think Birch is just a, just an awesome wrestler. And he's a guy that would always have my, if I had a promotion, I would always have him on the roster, like on the card because he's, he's just that, that good. All right, so my next, uh, my next like was you'll be really surprised, or maybe you won't be surprised, but I thought that was the best Dexter Loomis match that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Thatcher, obviously, you know, big Tim Thatcher fan. Uh, did you see what he tweeted the other day? Is he tweeting? Is that him? I don't know. I thought it was him. Maybe he has to now, but uh, but it was not- like. I don't know Nobody if it's from WWE follows me, so why am I even doing this? Or I, <laughs> it seemed like it was in character, but I didn't. I didn't really know what to think. 
Is, does his flip phone have Twitter on it? Because <laughs> he has like the oldest phone. And, I mean, it's not as bad. It's not a Zach Morris phone, but Jesus, damn near close. Um, that's pretty funny. But yeah, I, I like that match too. It wasn't on my likes or dislikes either. Um, I was a little nervous. I'm like, I don't want to see t- Tim lose, right? right? But you know, I like how it all played out, and I was kind of like, not. I mean, I don't. I lo- I lo- I'm a Dexter Loomis guy, but I also didn't want to see a program between him and Tim personally. So I'm glad that at least it's continuing on with uh, with Cameron Grimes. It looks like they're building to a ma- uh, a, light- a blindfold match between those two, like the old Rick Martel and um, Jake Roberts WrestleMania Seven pay per view match. Which I'm not a big fan of blindfold matches, but. I mean, we'll. I mean, I think they're both pretty talented, so I think they could pull it off. But it's not, it's not, I've never been like I never really liked those matches, even though the the Jake Roberts and Rick Martel match is pretty entertaining. Um, um, but uh, I'm glad he won. So uh, you know, it's, it's good because Tim uh, Tim could be built up to uh, maybe he's the one that just thrashes Lee, Leon Ruff for the North Korean title, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that'd be good. So um, which is weird because I found it weird like he they seemed like they were building something with the, with the Andrew gray right no longer andrew green and he just basically kicked his ass which i guess is a good thing because you know he, you know he should have kicked his ass before too right so um thought that was an interesting segment but yeah but yeah but yeah it's a good match though all right uh what about do you have anything else in your life yeah well the last one i really liked the eo shirai Rhea ripley prime target surprise us next week yeah um, it's good. it was it was really well set up Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's gonna happen, which I think is why I really liked it as well. Yeah, yeah. I was just I was like thinking like, man, they could have done like three prime targets mm-hmm. and really built to, uh, you know, built this up. And but uh, next week is interesting. I just that's, that's I wonder. I don't know how I feel about that. It, uh, I think it says a lot, maybe. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that match. Um, I've been waiting for that match. So I'm I'm excited about watching it. I don't know who's gonna win. I feel like. It's Rhea. Hopefully, she'll get the belt back again. But I don't know. Ian's been on fire, and I'm just waiting for her. It's a great match. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clearly the most anticipated match for next week. But you know, when they announce Moxley and Omega for the belt mm-hmm. in on you know in in December, you're like, okay, that's a big match. But NXT saying you know Ripley and and Io Shirai, that may not be as big. But it's not that far off either because of how good both women are. Yeah. And and you can see NXT is doing their thing too. Like if they really wanted to be like, oh, we have to have a big match against Moxley and Omega. I mean, they probably, I'm sure they're going to have something. They will, but they didn't have to. They you know they, they could easily held that match off till December 2nd, right? To the EO and Rhea match. But they're, they're doing their thing, which, which, I, which, I, which I like that they have their own plan. And, and I kind of uh, wonder... When is the next takeover? Uh, December, isn't it? Is it in December? I think it's the first weekend of December, which is my daughter's uh, birthday party. So, hmm. so because theoretically, if you really wanted to do a bonkers rating, or if you just wanted to ruin AEW's rating, oh, you do a takeover. You could do, or you could do like a war, like uh, whatever your best gimmick match is, but you do have to actually save whatever that is for takeover. Like if you want to do war games, right? Like you could do the war games on TV and that would draw, that would pull people away from that Omega and Moxley match. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked. That was, I'm surprised they're throwing that on TV and I don't know why. 
But uh, maybe February is too far away. They feel so. That match. Okay, so I, I don't know anything. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I may know something, but nothing that I can say. So my theory, and I've seen this theory bandied about. So it's not like I created this theory, but if Moxley loses the title, he could technically quarantine. Hmm. And go to the Tokyo Dome. Gotcha. And then possibly lose that belt to Kenta. Oh, I would assume lose the belt. Or maybe he doesn't lose the belt. Maybe he keeps it and sets up another feud. But I would assume that if that is the case, they have it on really good faith, AEW, that they're going to get something out of it, whether it is... I'm throwing names out. Minoru Suzuki or Tanahashi or something because if you're going to and look this is a complete hypothesis I I, like I said I don't know what's going on here Um, but if you're going to give up that match and you're not saving it for pay-per-view and maybe you you do the rematch at the pay-per-view you got to get something out of it if if it is to let John go to go to uh, the Tokyo Dome, right? Like he, you're just not doing it just for him to drop the belt. You're doing it so that you have some good faith, maybe, and, and some workability between the two companies. At least I would hope. Or maybe John's like, "Hey, I got this big money offer to do New Japan, the Tokyo Dome, so I want to do it. How can we get the belt? You know, how can we make it all work together?" And they have they could do a big championship match at the February pay per view with the uh, you know Omega and Adam Page. Could be uh, mm-hmm. a big match. True, so, very true. So that's you know. So they have something, you know, brewing for February. That's a match I would go to. The, the, who knows what they're doing with that storyline? But hopefully they can get it going and to really make it a, a, a hot match. And they had a good match at the pay per view. So build off that and and really build a big grudge match for February. I think that would be a a big time seller for them. So I, I don't know what a trade off would for New Japan be. I mean for that who they would send. Um, I guess Minoru Suzuki or something like that. Maybe, oh, Tanahashi's name's been, you know, he's kind of like in the middle right now, New Japan. He's that yeah. he's a legendary figure. So they, you know, that they, they can send him maybe. And, and, and the reason I say Tanahashi is because he showed up in the Jericho video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking too. All right. So I want to go to the dislikes. I already mentioned Leon Ruff thing. This is more of a storyline thing than it is about this specific match, but I, I am I I find Jake Atlas to be really unlikable in this feud with uh, mm-hmm. Escobar and Legado del Fantasmo. Like I like Jake Atlas a lot. Like I'm like rooting for this dude, and you know I I, I I'm rooting for him to the point where I want to see him do well, but not not to the point where I'm like gonna be like uh you know this thing that i don't like i'm not gonna say that i like it but the whole storyline of him you know beating up these guys with the with the billy club or whatever and then i just find them to be pretty cool heels and he is not a cool baby face the way that his persona or that his character is portrayed and so when i watch this match between him and santos escobar i'm just like me personally, I want Jake to win, but me watching the TV show, I'm like, 
I'm kind of rooting for Escobar. And then I start to question, why am I rooting for Escobar? Is it because he's cool? He's like, but shouldn't Jake as the baby face be the cool, likable guy? I just think the, 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 the roles are a little mixed here. The match was okay. I didn't think the match was great. I didn't think it was bad. It was okay. But I just think this whole angle has sucked for Jake Atlas. And I'm with you. This is all my dislikes as well. Even the match too as well. I didn't like the matches uh, either. Um... I don't like Jake attacking these guys with pipes. I would like to see a few more weeks of them attacking Jake Atlas, leaving laying. So when he finally does, you know, maybe in a, in a match with the, you know, Legato de Fantasma, they're beating on some poor guys. And then Jake from the, from the audience, from the back comes out with the pipe. And then, you know, those are a couple shots at all three of them. Right. And then it sets up the big match. I know they had a match at the takeover and it was, they cheated to win, but is it enough to go out there and start beating them with pipes, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, the match itself, um, I didn't like how it started. I mean, they just, he just beat them up with pipes early that day. And it's like ring introductions. And the, 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 the Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde are sitting there holding their ribs, just staring at him like, no, dude, like kick his ass, you know? Like, <laughs> you, you know me, like that's one of my pet peeves. It's like, yeah, yeah. you have a grudge and they go out there and lock up. It's like, no, man, start fighting, start going at it. And um, same here. Like, I thought they could have done something to where it's it's just chaos with the, you know, Mendoza and um, and Walking Wild trying to get something. And then there's, you know, everyone's coming in, officials, they're breaking that up. And then the match kind of starts and Escar kind of takes advantage. And maybe, you know, Jake's fighting from behind and now he's making a comeback. I think a lot of the issue of the match, too, was, you know, both men got blown up. Uh, Jake was sucking wind. Escobar was sucking wind. You could tell towards the end there going past two segments um it just kind of started slowing down and not necessarily falling apart though it got scary when jake may nearly missed that dive i mean i think he did he just got his foot caught and he just kind of put his forearm on escobar and and you know it just it just wasn't uh even like the setup to his uh cartwheel dt the uh lbgt ddt or whatever he calls it um mm-hmm. Like, Escobar just, like, walks slowly, like, walks into position. There's, like, no setup. It's just, it just kind of falls apart. So, I was a little disappointed in that match. And, I, I trust me, I love Jake Alex. Got to work with him a lot of APW. Um, just a great kid. So, I want nothing but the best for him. And I like Santos Escobar, too, as a, as a wrestler and a character. Um, but this was, uh, this was uh, not a good night for them. All right. What else was on your dislikes list? Man, I don't know what they're doing with the Zia League character with the <laughs> dragons, the smoke, and I mean, I don't, it's it's it put over Raquel Gonzalez over big, you know, her she beating a bow that dude. Yeah, she is so damn impressive. That dude, that backspread. Oh my god, she is awesome. Now, granted, if they end up this becoming a battle between the the Chang Sing, the Wing Kong, and uh, Lo Pan shows up, and the Three Storms. Like, dude, I'm down. But like, probably won't happen that way because uh, you know no, I really want Big Trouble Little China two to sh- happen. But um, <laughs> but I just did. I just I don't know where they're going. I I'll grade it, I guess, when I see the final product yeah, of yeah. all this. But like the little old man coming out, and was he a really old man? I don't know. It looked like I can't tell his makeup or they found who they found this guy. And coming out, and I don't know what Bo was looking on. I want to know if anyone can read that that signal, that symbol, or they that the, the Chinese wording that he yeah, had yeah, on his yeah. hand. What did it mean? But I'm like, this is kind of too gaga for me. So take another drink. Take another drink. And 
I just doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't feel like it fits. I mean, yeah, for Halloween Havoc, they did the, the Haunted House match, and that was for that theme show. But I don't know. This is kind of out there. This is um, a little out there for me on my NXT show. I am worried about where they go. Like to the point of where I'm like, I'm praying that this this doesn't become distasteful, right? Like because they, they they are there there is something there with the uh, disrespect. Like like you, I if they don't have every little detail here, like they could disrespect the you know the Chinese watchers could feel disrespected by them not like understanding intricate details right that's what i'm worried about and so like you i didn't necessarily like it but i want to see where it's going because at least it's intriguing zia lee it gives her something to do it gives her a focus which is actually kind of cool because i don't think she necessarily fits in as a wrestler in the mix but being chinese she stands out and so, you know, being ethnic, she stands out. I like the fact that they are doing something for her, but I'm just so worried that that they're going to make a mistake and it's going to be, um, you know, possibly uh, disrespectful. I, not in necessarily intentionally, but I just worry about that. Like, you know, the NBA has had their issues with China. You know, Daryl Morey made his statement and a lot of the China, you know, the China basically said, "Okay, like we're pulling, we're pulling out of the NBA here because of these statements that he made." And it's just, you know, we we, we you can't say the same things, uh, the same freedom to to say things over there like you can here, and that that could. I, I just don't want them to screw up accidentally and cause you know some frustration from Chinese fans. I'm guessing that it's going to end up her being some kind of a different character and some. I don't know, not a spiritual, powerful character, but it's going to give her some kind of a edge, a killer, killer edge, or a killer instinct edge, and she's going to be, you know, whatever she's going to take on a new persona. I think, and and mm-hmm. I hope if that's the case, and that's great, you know. Um, I don't know if they'll be offensive. I hope that I don't think WWE will. Well, I don't think I don't think that's their plan to offend well, China. I'm just thinking or, like cause that's a big audience okay, for them. That when when is the last sort of super ethnic shocking thing they tried to do at least as far as i can remember but muhammad hassan right like Mm -hmm. like that was pretty frustrating for some folks and it just wasn't that good either but they they there are you know there are there are things that they may overlook that could be offensive to folks that that they don't even know and that's kind of my worry yeah yeah well like i said it does i'm not a really big fan of it but uh, it also is kind of intriguing because i want to see the end result so yeah i hope it doesn't go too much longer though because i don't want to see too many smoke and dragons come on this big screen and everything for too long now <laughs> did you have anything else on your dislikes nah, that was it for me yeah the, the, uh, see, it's so funny because I, I like for both shows i had like two or three things and then everything else i was just flat in the middle on and that is almost worse than anything is in a show where I am so unmoved that I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just sort of right in the middle and it's like milk toast. And I felt that way about so much on both of these shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
NXT, I, I kind of expect the way it go. They're you know they're they're introducing some new people, giving some new people some chances, um, start new storylines. But like I said, when AEW, I was expecting like okay, out of the pay per view, what's going to happen? What's what's the big things that happen? It was kind of just like a, I felt like because we had a, they had a disappointing go home show, you know, and then the, for the pay per view, and then in the week before that, the show was disappointing. So I felt like it was that same way, and I was like, man, I, I thought they could have done something of some serious impact here. And I mean, other than announcing that big title match, I want at least one more, at least one more big thing. And I thought it was gonna be the inner circle segment, but it definitely was not. So. No. <laughs> I mean, my likes on this show for AEW is very small. Um, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that. All right. Here. Let's talk about bet online first though. And we are at a position in the sports, uh, sports sphere where you have the NFL the NBA is coming back sooner than, than than you would think. The NBA draft is actually next week. But the big thing, at least I, I, I would imagine, for people who are uh, customers of Bet Online or who are interested in, in sports betting is the Masters. So the Masters is is happening this weekend. And, uh, and that I imagine that's where a lot of the action is going to be going, which is on the Masters. And, you know, my, my golf perspective is all based on Tiger Woods, so I'm not really too hot with, with the Masters this year. But, you know, uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. So if you are interested in the Masters, check out Bet Online to, uh, you know, to, to, to look at the odds of, of certain golfers here and there. So, uh, Head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE. And look, you know, there's still football games. There's college football, and there, there's all that going on. You know, there there is UFC. Like I looked at their MMA bets the other day, and they have like tons. You know, they they had the Bellator show today. Like who's watching Bellator, right? But Bet Online, you could bet on these Bellator fights. You know, if you want to see if you, if you wanted Aaron Pico by knockout from, you know, crazy overhand right, like he like, you know, you could have done that. Um, but, you know, head to Bet Online. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire, betonline.ag, uh Blue Wire all in one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, let's talk about AEW. Um, like you said, it was a pretty disappointing show because you have this pay-per-view that, from what I understand, did as good a business as, as the last show did, which is thumbs up for them. Because as you go down and into these, you know, the end of the year, uh, I don't think the la- I don't think last full gear. Uh, I think maybe the last full gear might have been their worst uh, pay-per-view performing pay-per-view. So I think this pay-per-view did pretty much what their pay-per-view has been doing. So that's thumbs up. But um, you, I, I really wanted to see something happen. And, and you know, I think Tony Khan probably felt that there wasn't a lot on, on the show. So he went out on Twitter and he was like, Hey, you know, you can have this big surprise at the end. I don't know exactly what he said, but, all day I just heard like, oh, there's going to be this surprise. What's the, what's the surprise going to be? And it turns out that it was Pack, which if you watched the show last week, not that big of a surprise. Like Pack, Pack is going to be great. Like he's great, but you know, it's not like we just didn't see him on this video package last week. 
I don't think it's a good idea to go on Twitter and say, wait for the end. There's going to be a surprise. Well, then you're not surprised you're gonna be, or you'll be disappointed by unless it's a really big name, you know, and I, I didn't even know he did that, which, um, but yeah, I mean, by that promo last week, I just figured he was going to, actually, I thought he was going to show up the pay-per-view, but yeah, he didn't showing up on, uh, on Dynamite. So, um, I, I just think he knew, I think he knew, and I think some of it does have to do with, you know, the guys who wrestled, uh, men and women who wrestled, you know, they, they wrestle a pretty risky style in some instances and, I can imagine that uh, people, I I know, you know, Moxley, I think he even said it on our show. He's like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm still feeling it today. Like, you know, he, and, and he, he had the match with Eddie Kingston. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope this doesn't become a, uh, a pattern where you have a pay-per-view and then the, the paper, the show coming out of the pay-per-view doesn't feature anybody who wrestled on the pay-per-view because I think that's a little bit of a disappointment, though I understand because, you know, those guys are and women are trying to work so hard on the show. But you, I think you, I think you got to have some interesting stuff coming out of the pay-per-view and they didn't really have it. You know, they had some announcements. They had the pack thing. But other than that, it was it was a, it felt a little bit of, a, of you know, treadmill. And I think they were. I think they were betting on Pentagon and Phoenix because of the rating that Pentagon and Phoenix did two weeks ago. I think they're like, okay, they did the highest rating of the night. We're going to move them into the main event segment and we're going to expect it, you know, expect lightning to strike twice. I don't think it did though. I, you know, I know you're not a big fan of a lot of these lucha matches, but I actually was entertained in that match. I was all probably more so because I, I I love Eddie Kingston when he does commentary, but I don't think that that was lightning striking twice necessarily. And I get why they did it, but it probably didn't work in the way that they thought it was going to work. No, I think it also shows that AEW is really light when it comes to the top talent, you know, like you have Mox, you have Omega, you have Paige, you know, the Bucks are, you know, they're top guys. Cody, I mean, Cody had a promo. But, you know, when those guys aren't wrestling, you know, who's next up? Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky, you know, they 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 should have been something by this time. But they, I think they fumbled the ball, especially on Scorpio Sky, personally. And um, um, it just shows, like I said, how weak the, the, the overall roster is, in my opinion. Well, what's, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll frustrate some people by, by this name, but... You know, where's Jungle Boy? Yeah, no, I was thinking about that too. Like he just, well, I know where he's at. He's in the front row. <laughs> he's watched the show. Which instead of giving two segments to those that really horrible girls match, they could have just gave it a damn nice win for Jungle Boy in a singles match or something with the, you know, over over someone and just have a nice little quality get over match or even just a tag match with the, you know, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. You know. <laughs> Not that I really want to see Luchasaurus, but I'm just saying, you know, they're still pushing them as a tag team, so they could have got but over to, someone. to your point, and, and I think Meltzer even said that, I you know, I don't really listen to Meltzer and Alvarez's review of AEW and NXT because I don't, I don't want what they say to kind of, you know, muddy what, what you and I talk about. So I, I generally list, I don't listen to their stuff until the next day. But I did hear part of it, which was he was saying that, you know, most of their, like he predicted that this show wouldn't, do a great rating because th- what what they do great ratings on are actually matches and matches by their big stars. So 
no match with Jericho, no match with MJF, no match with Omega, no match with Moxley, no match with the Young Bucks, no match with FTR. So, you know, this is a very predictable. They, they, they did fine. Their rating was fine. You know, the, the it, it was okay. It was it was up from last week. Obviously, last week was down because of the the election stuff. But they were okay. But it's just there was an opportunity, I think, to take advantage coming out of that pay per view that they didn't or couldn't for whatever reason. And it was, uh, yeah, it, yeah, I think it showed. Like, I think some people were trying to twist it in a way of saying, like, oh, like, they showcased people that they don't usually get to showcase. And that's like, yeah, like, I get that point, but it just felt something was missing. You know, we did see the Cody segment, which is on my dislikes list with him and Jade uh, Cargill, who she looks amazing. Like, she's impressive as all hell, but I don't know about giving her a live mic for all the time that they did in that segment. I'm not exactly sure what the reason was for that. Um, so, you know, Cody was there, but he's doing an interview segment. He's not actually in the ring having a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. All right, so I'll go over my likes. And this first one is, I would say, it was so close to me not really caring, but I will tell you why I put it on my likes list, which is Brian Cage and Matt Seidel. I liked Taz's. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm such a fan of Taz's promos. He is so good at just being off the cuff and kind of saying what he wants to say. Like I'm sure he he I'm sure he scripts his own promos in his head because he knows exactly like kind of what works. But the way that he speaks is so organic and it's so. Uh, Kingston is very much the same way. It, you you just feel when you listen to him. I don't feel that this is planned and I feel like he like I feel like he could go on a on a stage somewhere and maybe not do stand up comedy cuz that's really hard but maybe do a little bit of improv cuz I think he's just so quick witted and quick enough witted to do that. I, I really just enjoy his promo. So I, I kind of grouped the promo with the match. The match was okay. I, I know some people are like, ah, oh, you know, why, why does it have to be so competitive? But I like the fact that it was competitive. And then someone also on, on our, uh, in, in our fight game podcast, Facebook group, I think it was uh, Jason, our buddy, Jason, he said, you know, Seidel shouldn't really, you know, put this guy up in a power bomb. And then my argument against that is, well, cage is doing all the Lucha light heavyweight flying like why can't the light heavyweight do a power move like you know you can't have it you know one way or the other if cage is gonna fly around like a luchador then the you know then what's the luchador what's the young light heavyweight guy gonna do that's impressive oh he's got to do a power move and powerbomb cage so i just thought i just thought it was a, a fun competitive opener and the right guy won and the right thing happened and we got to see ricky stark so i kind of combined all of that into into one yeah, I have Taz's promo and I have Ricky Stark's promo to end it on my likes. The match is not on my likes. It's not on my dislikes either. I just, um, I wasn't a big fan of the match. It wasn't too bad, I guess. But I, once they hit that, once Saito hit that Meteora knee to the ape, to the to the, the rampway. Mm-hmm. And like within seconds, Brian Cage is back on his feet doing a move. Like I was like, okay, I I'm out, right? And then of course Cage is doing her karanas. <laughs> yeah, and it's like and in the and yeah, Matt Seidel power bombing Brian Cage, who's bigger than him. Like I know Cage, Cage. I know you can do all this stuff. I know you have amazing athletic ability, like for your size. Yep. 
But there's a everyone's doing that stuff. Like be different, be the power guy. Do it on a big, big match. I'm talking about a pay per view match, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you and a when it's you and Omega for the title, if, or if that's you know somewhere down the line, or or whoever you win for the title, like a, a guy that can you can do stuff like with that with Omega, Adam Page, etc. That's when you pull that stuff out. But on TV in a match. Be the power guy. Let Matt Saddle be the quick guy that's kind of in and out of moves and hitting stuff. I mean, on the opening match, doing a freaking uh, apron or sorry, the ramp race spot was just so frustrating. You know, like four matches of the pay per view had to use the apron, well, mm-hmm. use the rampway, which was just driving me insane. It's like, does anyone communicate back there? Right? Like, come on! Like, and they don't mean nothing. Like, they just don't. They don't, they, they don't, nothing happens. Like there's no consequences of them. They just, it's just a move to do because it's going to get a, a cheap pop. And, um, so that's what really frustrated about that match is that, and, um, the finish was cool The Jake, the, 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 the drill claw was into, it was nice, but, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, Seidel's, I always like Seidel's work. It's just, I think they could have worked this match smarter for sure. All right. What was on your likes? I kind of combined these two. But um, I really like John Moxley's promo, mm-hmm. and I really like Kenny Omega's promo. If we could just get the stupid echo out of there, like why oh, does yeah, that yeah, yeah. echo exist? I mean, the content of the promos. Like yeah, I really yeah, like no, what no, Moxley no, said. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I I like both promos. I like Moxley's promos. I wish his. I, I still haven't seen that big match from him. That really great match yet in AEW. I'm, I I can't even think of anything that stands out really. Uh, maybe the the championship win with Jericho. Maybe that was his best one. I think um, the, I think the first Kingston match was the one where I was like, okay, he you know he's got to be the one to really carry this story because not that many people know mm-hmm. Kingston, and I thought he did a really good job. But Kingston is Kingston is also very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right, like he he doesn't have that like his style isn't about having a five-star match his style is about really being a kick-ass mm-hmm. baby face who uh you sort of believe in you know to, to an extent and so sometimes you know that that style you know he when, when everybody is doing dives like he you know he's he's even said that on on the shows that we've done he's like look I wish I could do some of this stuff, but I can't. And so he I got to dive. He does a dive. He does a toe well, Yeah, he does the he does the the one the one dive. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and and that that's the one that used to bother me in WWE whenever he would do it. But he's like, look, like I got to do the stuff that that I do really well, and that that you know is is mm-hmm. closer to to my style. And so I, I mean, I get that too. But you're right. He doesn't. And, and sometimes. It is about that opponent, and maybe that is Omega because they had that ridiculous nutso match, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that uh, lights out match from uh, a year yeah. ago. Yeah, that I think people remember, but maybe uh, I, I remember watching that match, going like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is crazy!" I don't, I don't know if I like this or dislike it, but it's nuts. And now, you know, the story of this match is everything's going to be in the ring. Omega's like. You know, I'm O and O when when we actually have a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. So in the ring, you know, Moxley is probably going to have to dial it up, and there's probably you know, I, I don't know if there's a better opponent to dial it up with than Omega because you know he's going to bring it. Jericho also, 
you know, Jericho, the Jericho match was good. I wouldn't, but it wasn't, you know, something that was super classic that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, I just haven't, I just haven't been super impressed with his matches. I was really disappointed in the Kingston match, the pay-per-view. Just because they just, I think they just had a standard John Moxley match. Like everything I kind of like you expected from a John Moxley match was in it. But I want to see something different. I want to see dial up the intensity. I want to see pitch, fist thrown. And they just, you know, they you know, here come the barbed wire bat. Here come the thumb, you know, the thumbtacks and all that kind of stuff. And um, I thought the execution of the match was was poor, especially the I quit part of it. Like where's the microphone? You know, one of the things I liked about the I quit matches with especially the, you know, the classics, two classics that people always talk about Magnus CA, totally Blanchard, of course, my favorite match of all time, Ric Flair and Terry Funk was, mm-hmm. you know, the mic and the guy's face and the guy is breathing heavily. And he's just like, no. And screaming like, I mean, how can you forget Magnus CA screaming? No, you know, like he's not going to give up. And, and here it's just like, it was just, a, it felt just like standard match. And like, and that's what I was disappointed in. And I, I agree with you on the finish of the match because I I, I couldn't see mm-hmm. Kingston mouth I quit, so I couldn't yeah. tell. Now, if you had a mic there, that would have been way better. I think the problem with having the mic, and I always harken back to the Bret Hart and Bob Backlund I quit match. I know, I know, I know. Where Piper's like sticking mics in their in their mouth and there's like no reason for them to quit and he's like what do you say like so it could be a little bit of a detriment as well if if it's not you know if it's not well done and you know i know that you you don't think very highly of the referees so i could imagine that that could have been a little bit of a, a frustration but i agree very much at the finish like if if it maybe if the if the microphone is there or the ring is mic'd up a little better so you could actually hear because the crowd's not super loud, there wasn't that many people there. So maybe the you know maybe the 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 ring is a little bit mic'd up, and you and those guys have to be a little bit more verbal for this match because it is an I quit match, so that we could hear, we could see. Because I didn't know. I mean, I th- I assumed that was going to be the finish because you know when when uh, when Moxley's like you know it has to be this way, and then you see Kingston just flip him off. And you're like, okay, I, I, I'm assuming this is going to be the end, but I would have loved to hear that I quit as well. How many people flipped off people in that pay-per-view too? Like, it's like leading into the, during the match. But like the microphone itself, like, I mean, how how are you not, with the, with the promo ability of Eddie Kingston, how are you leaving this prop out for him to use, right? Can you imagine him pounding on Moxley, talking trash? Can you imagine how Moxley getting him a submission and, telling him to quit and he's like you got to freaking kill me you got to freaking kill me i ain't yeah, saying nothing. Yeah. you know just no, that like, would have been great that would have been yeah great. The, i just couldn't believe i was like i was watching I'm like wow how could they miss this opportunity and it's really disappointing and especially after that match with mjf which i thought was his last preview match was it was it was okay but that was a letdown too so I was really having high hopes for this match at kingston and maybe maybe that's my expectation is too high but but maybe Kenny Omega will be the right dance partner for him mm-hmm. to have that big match. And I like both promos. I like, I like really like Moxie's promo. That was a great tough guy, baby face promo. He's always been so great in these promos in AEW. And I like, this is a, my favorite, at least my, of, you know, of, of Omega's promo. I liked his demeanor here. This is where I liked his little laid back kind of like, but laid back, but confident. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to win this, this, you know, I'm going to, I'm I'm finally taking that spot where people told me I should have had it from the beginning, blah blah blah. Like, 
So it got me interested in the title match. So I'm I'm excited to see on December second. Okay, so um, I also will say that I liked the bunkhouse match, but <laughs> this is a promotion where now I, I get you know you I, I get to watch the show at five o'clock, so it's not like it's prime time or anything. But if this was a show where you know maybe some young children are around watching. I don't know if this is a match that I would necessarily want to to show or to be on TV while my family is around because of the blood, because of the the nuttiness, because of all the you know the plunder. Um, I enjoyed the match for what it was. I thought the match was uh, exciting. I don't know if I necessarily am bought in on the feud. I don't know how we can be really, but the match in of itself I thought was very entertaining. But at the also at the same time, I was like, "Oh man, I'm I'm glad that you know my uh, five year old stepdaughter is not <laughs> in the room while I'm watching this." Uh, at yeah. the same time, it's funny you say that because you know people ask. You know, I always mention on Twitter like, you know, I can't watch the pay per views live because my kids are up and I don't want them to see not just the blood but the foul language, right? Um, and I did order the pay per view actually. Brian Burke, our good friend Brian Burke, and I went halvesies. We went oh, halvesies. Yeah? Nice. yeah, we went halvesies. Nice. We teamed up, you know. And um, it was funny because he didn't watch it live, mm. or, or he didn't watch the next day. Oh, so I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go through this torture with me. Right? That's what I told him. And uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I just that's AW. That's why I, I watch it last on Wednesday nights as well because my kids are still up when I'm and I throw on NXT and NXT. I'm kind of they've had some blood and they've had some moments of foul language, but not too often. So I'm, I feel a little more safe with the NXT brand starting off the night with. Um, but this match, I had all my dislikes. I'm sure you probably figured that was going to mm-hmm. happen. First of all, just the hot shotting of this match. And maybe that's why Tony Khan did it because like you said, he probably felt like they needed something on the yeah, show. I'm, 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 I'm sure that's what it was. But like, damn man, what, why? It's like all of a sudden we're having a bunkhouse match. We're going, this is something you people would complain a lot about like WWE, right? Oh, why are we starting to cage to have a singles match? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. This same thing, same thing. Like this feud just started that we barely even know about on the dynamite because unless you, unless you're a hardcore AW follower and you're watching Dark as well. Like, who who knows what Bunny did? I guess she maxed his credit cards and you know, cheated on her husband. And I don't know. I don't know how anyone looks good in this program, right? Um, and now we're having this bunkhouse match, and you know, a lot of plunder, a lot of blood. That's what, I know. A lot of people like this match, but there's my issue with the match: the layout. You had these two big stunts, right? The power bomb, or was it? A, yeah, it was a power bomb off the stage with Dustin Rhodes and the Butcher to that do that uh, crash pad setup they had, right? Mm-hmm. That meant nothing because they're back on their feet and they're still fighting later on, right? And then QT Marshall does this great elbow drop off off the ladder onto Blade. That should have been the finish. But that wasn't the finish. He kicks out, and he goes over with some cutter use with a diamond cutter type move with mm-hmm. the use of the chain. Like, why would you finish with something so small when you had something so big? And you know what they could have done? They should just Dustin and 
Butcher should have been taken out in that big spot. They both should have been done. And it should have just came down to just QT and Blade one-on-one because that's the issue, right? That's the, that's the main issue of this program. And I think the finish being the elbow drop of the ladder would have been perfect. Perfect finish for this. But it kind of just ended up in the ho-hum with the, you know, a cutter and because that's his finisher. But, you know, like, how can you follow that up? How can you do that after you just hit a big elbow drop off the, off the ladder? Yeah, I, I get your points um, in in the in sort of the layout of a TV show. I was fine with some of the things that I didn't necessarily like because I thought the the match in of itself was entertaining and it was interesting and and like so if you didn't know anything about these guys like you know we we was talking about like you know somebody popping in and changing the channel and seeing this if you saw this match and you kind of checked in and you didn't really know a lot about wrestling I think you kind of get sucked in because it was so different and it was so uh, it, you know, those guys went all out for this opportunity, which, you know, they should. Now, I, I agree with you. The the bunkhouse stipulation, that's, you know, something that probably could have been on a pay-per-view or maybe built up for a little while longer. But, you know, whatever, whatever the, the reason that they had to do it is whatever. But I was just like, when, when they announced the bunkhouse match, I was like, oh, wait, is this going to be in a cage? Like, what's going to be? But it was no, just not, no disqualification. It's not, no not a bunkhouse stampede. They don't have the intellectual rights for that. So. I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, it, I just like, it was really frustrated the layout, like I said, I, and, and also the buildup. But they could have, shit, build this up for a couple weeks and do this match on December 2nd. Mm-hmm. You know, they made that, that show even that much more special. But, oh, well. All right, what was on your likes? I had Spears and Scorpio Sky match on my... Interesting. Uh, I did not like this match. And I... First of all, I had to rewatch the last hour of the show because I fell asleep. Mm. I was just exhausted. So I remember some things. I'm like, wait, I got to go back and rewatch this because I really got to dial in on my likes and dislikes. Wait, is this on your likes or your dislikes? This dislikes, my friend. Okay, oh, wait. Are we, do, you, do you have any likes? Oh, yeah. I do have one more. I like the slow motion replays of the key matches from the pay-per-view. <laughs> I know it sounds so small, but it's important to follow up on the pay-per-view. And, you know, it was really impressive, the, the camera work of the highlights. I really like that. And you know, which, you know, we, we were kids, we had stills, right? So yeah, they wouldn't show the actual footage because they were still trying to sell the Monday replay or whatever the next day replay or whatever it was. Yeah. So, and they, and here they showed, you know, slow motion action, but you know, if if I'm just checking in, I'm like, Hey, I got to see some of this stuff. It looked, you know, they captured all the good stuff for those matches. So I liked it. I liked, I liked that stuff. So I, I, that's my, that's my, uh, my last like, uh, okay. Now you can go to your dislikes. Yeah, Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky. Um, the match that no one wanted, no one cared about. Should have been left on dark. Um, the spot that just had me check out. You know what spot that was? Mm-mm. Remember the side suplex on the ring steps by uh, Sean Spears to Scorpio Sky? I don't really remember that spot. <laughs> and that's sad because that's a big spot. You should have remembered it. And you should almost remember that he almost killed Scorpio Sky, like hit him on the edge of the edge of the steps, not in the middle of it. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't get cut up or even injured from that. But this is what really pissed me off about it. 
and I had to, I had to go back and I had to time it. 51 seconds. 51 seconds after Scorpio Sky was side suplex on the ring steps and nearly got his back broke. 51 seconds later, he's picking up Sean Spears for a cutter. 51 seconds after he took this big bump. So stupid. Oh, that shit just frustrates the hell out of me. Why they waste these stupid big spots for for nothing, for nothing, just to do it, just to get a cheap pop. And then the finish with the slug getting thrown in to Scorpio Sky by Tully, so the, and he just throws it. He just throws it nonchalantly. He doesn't say anything, just throws it nonchalantly out. doesn't tell the ref, hey, man, what the hell, what's this? You know, and then the ref will really be like, hey, what are you doing, Tully? Blah, blah, blah. And then... And then Sean Spears hits him with the slug. He gives him a palm strike, right? One, two, three. Goes over. And he hit him with the metal slug, Garrett. You understand, right? He hit him mm-hmm. with the metal slug, knocked him out. But no. No, after the one, two, three, he's up on his butt, Scorpio Sky, and he's disappointed. I'm like, didn't you just get freaking knocked out <laughs> with a metal slug, but now you're upset pouting? Like, oh, my God. You know, the part about this match that... <clears throat> This is, I mean, this is my bad, but I was just disinterested in the feud. Like, well, you should because it was built on dark, <laughs> you know. Oh, cool, cool. What do you mean? They, they, they had a moment where he was a, a moose and Scorpio Sky dressed up as a moose and throwing candy at Sean Spears. Like, like I love Scorpio Sky, but when JR said Spears was something like, 15 and 2 this year or something like that. I was like, "What? I haven't seen any of these wins or maybe, you know, maybe I've seen one." But I was like, "Where did this happen?" It's like, "Oh, okay. It, it all happened on Dark, which I do not watch and you I know, do not care like about." You know, it's like the boxing coming up. The guy getting all these tomato cans and mm-hmm. run up his record. That's what the AEW Dark is for. It's uh sorry, Dutra. <laughs> not saying you're a tomato can, but you were this match. You were a tomato can and got beat. Um so it's it's just yeah just this should have been left on dark and Scorpius guy is such a big bummer because you know he's supposed to be made with that match with Jericho and another time they try to do something with him but he just kind of falls back into being a tag team guy and and you know he's a guy that a young guy or I don't know he's that young as but he still you know looks young enough to be a guy to build around you know in the future yeah. he's a great athlete and so I'm always really disappointed how they handled the Scorpius guy. All right, so my dislike, I already mentioned the Cody and the, the Jade Cargill thing, which, I mean, she mentioned Shaq. I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that is Shaquille O'Neal. I don't you know would, what Shaquille O'Neal is doing in you AEW. You would think she would say the name Shaquille O'Neal because I thought he said, first I thought she said Shad. I'm like, wait, what? Then I thought, then I'm like, oh, then, then they, I think Jim Ross had to say Shaq or something uh-huh. like that to kind of really, or maybe Tony Schiavone. And I was like, oh, um, I did not like this segment at all. I thought the execution was poorly done. Why you know, they just... signed her today, or yeah, at least yeah. they announced that they signed her. Yeah, today. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, she has, like you said, she has a great look. I mean, man, she looks amazing. I, I looked um, at her Instagram because mm-hmm. uh, they tagged her in uh, AEW's Instagram. So it's like, oh, like so maybe she is somebody. And every photo, I don't know, I don't know how many. I like you know on Instagram they have like the first. 10 photos or whatever that you can see in the little thumbnails. Mm-hmm. There was no wrestling in any of those photos. I, don't, I think she's just training. So, yeah, the, she's she's some sort of, you know, uh, athletic model or something. 
I'm, I'm sure she's gonna have the athletic ability uh, and everything. We'll see how she does. I mean, she's. I think she, she's probably getting traded by. She's probably she's getting really trained by Cody and uh, QT Marshall, right? That was probably really happening, or mainly QT. Okay. Probably. Well, what did you think about Brandy's oh. acting ability here? Of you know, going shenane on us. <laughs> Going, going, Stephanie McMahon. You're right, browbeating her talent. I mean, granted, at least, at least uh, Jade Cargill didn't back down. She was still cocky and arrogant. Usually, you know, the Stephanie McMahon segments usually this the, the talent kind of just bows down, right? So, um, I was, I didn't like this segment. I didn't like Brandy. I didn't like the way Brandy was talking. I don't think she had to go like you said. You know, Shanae on her it was almost like because jade is african-american yeah okay brandy is african-american that that's the that's why they thought they had to do that this is how they have to talk this is how they have to have a verbal confrontation which was a little which was a little disappointing to me i didn't you know maybe maybe that is brandy a little bit more naturally instead of how she portrays i don't know if that's the case or not i mean every time i've talked to her which has only been like Two or three times, she's super uh, professional person. So I, I don't know that side of her, but maybe there is a, some of that to her. I I just thought it was so forced, and it didn't feel natural in any way. Forced, and also didn't like how Jade Cargill just came out of the side. Right, you kind of just see her in the background getting the ring. I like. I want a little production with this one. Mm-hmm. I want because. I've seen that girl at ringside, right? She stands out. She's like, what? How tall is she? I mean, she's, just, she's in heels, but she looks like she's like 5'10", 5'11", yeah, maybe 6 foot. Um, I think you do the music. You do the big entrance. She comes out, you know, and who's this? And not just kind of like get the ring. And I, I know they try to make it kind of more um, out of the blue and organic, but I just think you got to do the big production with this one. And now I'm thinking like, too, I'm like, what do you think about this, dude? Do you think this Shaquille O'Neal versus Cody match? I mean, for them, it's going to get some eyeballs, going to get some ESPN tension, of course. Um, but I'm like, I've seen how Shaq's looked lately. He's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He has to be the bay face. Mm-hmm. Cody has to be the heel. But the way that Jade Cargill came off, very heel right so i don't know we'll see what what they're gonna do but um it definitely cody has to be in the heel this match and 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 i hope shaq's in shape for it you know maybe they'll get a papa john sponsor out of it i don't know but okay so there's one thing that we didn't mention which cody basically says i do not want a rematch that was weird. Does it sort of downplay Darby Allen and that title when he does that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he should get a rematch, right? He should want the title again. He should want another opportunity because then he, you know, he got, he, you know, you know, Darby snuck by him and got the title. You'd think he'd be just dying to get this tension on the belt, so... But now he's going to get a big... He's going to do some kind of... Sh- I guess he's going to do something with Shaq and... We'll see how that plays out. Um, I think it's kind of too soon for a Hody, uh, Hody, Cody, uh, <laughs> this hokey angle. Um, this uh, for Cody to turn heel. So, no, seems kind of out of blue, but they're doing what they're doing, I guess, to get some kind of attention on them. All right, what else is on your dislikes? I did not like this MJF 
announcement in the inner circle segment. I, I would, I was let down by this one. Um, and, and I don't like that fact that everyone's against it. Like, I don't, I don't think, I think one guy is good enough to be like Sam McVar is perfect to be the guy and be like, Hey guys, this guy's a jerk. This guy's going to screw us. We should not be trusted. And everyone should be like, no, nah, man, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Not like Ortiz is against him. Santana's just been mute for some reason. He's one of the better talkers of the group. Um, you know, Jake Hager, of course, is just never going to talk. But I just didn't like the execution of this. The whole, like, Sammy Guevara got the wrong email or he got the email saying they're going to be somewhere else and and everyone else got the email to be at Dynamite. It's Wednesday. Don't you think Sammy Guevara believes that <laughs> be at Dynamite is probably where things are going to go down? I don't know. Just... I'm not really into this program anymore, which sucks because I was really into it when it started. Um, also, that match, the pay per view, really le- left the bad taste in my mouth. What a what a what a bummer that was! And I think we always, like I said, we always seen the big match. We've seen the big match, and maybe they feel the big match is going to be MGF and Sammy. I think they should have started with Sammy and MGF. Right? The measuring stick should have been Sammy Guevara. I want to see you versus our big, our top young guy, you know, in the group, and see how you do. And I think it'd be cool if MGF beat Sammy to get in the inner circle, and he could always rub that in his face. He could, MGF could always bring it up mm-hmm. and just slowly, just just eat at Sammy, eat at Sammy, eat at Sammy. He finally explodes one way or another. Maybe he comes a baby face out of it, or. Or he sticks up for Jericho, who you know, or something like that, when it really counts. And maybe MGF gets a hold of Pride and Powerful, and even Jake Hager under him, or something like that. Because you know they're liking the money that he's giving them. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you, you could do so much. I just, didn't, I wish they wouldn't have wasted the Jericho MGF match so soon. I wanted to see it built up where it really meant something. And what they gave us at the pay per view was a major, major letdown. That match was, like, I liked the pay-per-view way more than you did, but that match was maybe the biggest disappointment of the night for me because I, I get why Jericho wanted to slow things down a little bit. You just had the Bucks match, and then you just had the Matt Hardy uh, and Sammy match. So, yeah, naturally, you're like, okay, we got to do something different. We can't match you know, all the nutty stuff that they did. But at the same time, you don't really have a live crowd, right? So you have your 900 people or how many ever people were there. So so you're really just working with the the televised crowd and, you know, the 100,000 buys or whatever that they did. And so I don't agree with them being so methodical in that match. I think that they needed to raise the energy big time because that match the way that they did it because of what was before them and what was coming after them they were going to sit flat unless it was an excellent match and it wasn't an excellent match it was placed wrong on the show first of all they didn't execute the match the way the story was being told the, the story is being told the show before the go home was Jericho believed MJF is soft right and so this he wanted to see MGF bring it all with him. And they just had a wrestling match. A very slow and plodding wrestling match. Jericho, I feel, is just... I think things are catching up to him now. Um, his work is definitely... 
gone down a little bit. His punches look like, I don't know what happened to his punches. Like, he used to throw a pretty good punch, but now his punches look like a crap. And it just was not a good match. And they should have, you know, NGF should be, according to storyline, pulled out the stops to prove to Jericho, not only he wants to win and join the inner circle, but prove that he is not soft. Mm -hmm. All in that match they proved was Jericho was just a little bit smarter as a a heel, right? A little Mm -hmm. more clever. So I thought they missed the boat. It should have been more of a brawl, but you also, if that's the case, if it's if you do that that match, it can't be right before the I Quit match. So I think they should have had it right after, most likely after probably the Orange Cassidy match. Maybe would have been a good, better place for it. Um, and maybe have the girls come out of the. I fast forward the whatever the hell that thing was, the the Matt Hardy compound match. Mm-hmm. And maybe have the girls come out of that match and do something there. I mean, that's kind of where I would have done it. You know, I, and also wouldn't have had them follow the, the tag team match either. I would have done that. I wouldn't have done that either. So I think early in the card would have been better instead of later in the same main event position. All right. My other dislike is not necessarily the match with uh, Ty Narconti and Red Velvet, um, even though it, it wasn't good. But supposedly, Red Velvet is the one who's like the newbie. <clears throat> and she wasn't great, but I thought Conti was way worse than she was. And Conti's the one who's been trained and, and ha- you know has some WWE under her belt. I thought she was so bad in that match. And just, she couldn't like... She couldn't uh, cover her correctly like three different times. She like forgot to to cover the right way. It was like so weird. I, I I don't know if I've ever seen that before where someone just looked like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to cover and, and, and hook the leg. And then I just forget. And then, oh, yeah, I got to hook the leg. And then you do it at the end. Like, just so weird. That match was just so weird to me. Match is bad. It's on my it's my last dislike. Um, well, Taya Conte is... You know, WWE, she, the reason why she looked better in WWE because they knew her limitations. They didn't have her go out there for two segments. They had her work six-minute matches and, and short matches because she was very green. But they liked her potential of her pedigree, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, her look. You know, she has a great look. And But here, they're giving her two segments, and that's not a good thing to do with her. She can't carry it, that segment. She gets lost, as she did in this match. Um, Red Velvet has is green as well. Um, the match itself just boggled my mind. Like the finish is, at one point there's a double knockout spot, right? Double down. The ref checks on Ty Ty, Ty Conte. I guess she says she's okay. So the referee Aubrey goes checks on Red Velvet forever, and you know Anna J, who's at ringside, slides in the chair for Ty Conte to use. Which unless Anna Jay was going to run to the other side and distract the referee so she can use that chair, then maybe that would have worked. But she just sat at ringside, like told her to use it. Like even Jim Ross, like, well, how's that going to work? You know, <laughs> without getting disqualified, right? Or maybe she just wanted her to bash her brains in and who cares about winning the match, right? It's just to make a statement for Ty Conti as a Dark Order member. Right? And she ends up, Ty Conti ends up kicking the chair outside the ring. Doesn't want to use it, right? Now, this would have been all right if Red Velvet would have somehow rolled her up and beat Ty Conti and then and then Anjay could be upset like you know you're not listening to us you're not following the dark order way if you would have followed my strategy you would have won this match 
but Ty Conti won the match. <laughs> and guess what? Anna Jay's still mad she didn't use a chair. Like, what is she mad about? Your girl won. So dumb. What the hell? And now we have now we have Dark Order members who have issues with each other, right? Group members. Mm-hmm. We have the Inner Circle. They have issues together. The Elite have issues together. Um, I assume that Pac is going to have issues with, uh, and Kingston are all going to mm-hmm. have issues with their Absolutely. group. It's like the same storyline with the, all these. There's an issue with every group, you know. And there's infighting with all groups. It just, it just, you know, just takes away from those other 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 issues. So, yeah. So that was this. I mean, I just you know, oh, you guys always pick on the AEW wins matches. I mean, we're gonna, we're calling like it is. You know, and then even, I don't know, like I said, I always talk, I always say the wrestling gods talk to me. You know, Luthez is like, John, don't fast forward a picture in picture. Because there was a moment where Ty Conte hits the rock bottom, or Urnagi, sorry for all you Japanese fans. <laughs> and and she goes like to try to cover her, but then it's like, oh no, I got to be down too. So now it's a double down. So now two double down this damn match. Oh my God. And it's like the referee's like you can tell she's like we're in a commercial break you know like just sit there and they're just sitting there laying there and i'm like oh my god this match is i don't know what's gonna happen and aw needs to really step up their game with some new women talent that's a lot more solid than these girls you know i mean i'm sorry i think i don't i, I don't know i don't know how they're gonna get better because they only wrestle once a week you know it's gonna be tough to end it with a positive on that women's match, when I saw Red Velvet uh, the previous week, I was like, oh, like, you know, she's she's just whatever. But she did have a little bit of babyface fire in this match, which was kind of cool because, you know, the 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 match was definitely for for Ty Conti, but they like we've said they do competitive matches. They don't do a ton of squashes. She got squashed the the week before because she was with nyla rose but Mm. i thought there was a little bit of bait like i was when i was watching this match and i wasn't too like focused on it or too interested in it because i'm just like uh you know i know what this is but there were a couple moments where i was like oh i'm kind of like into this because of red velvet and then you know i i just ty conti was kind of frustrating but red velvet is very green too like she was not Mm -hmm. great in that match but there were like there were like small things where i was like oh i sort of see why they why they're interested in her because of this reason so uh, there's just to end it uh, on a positive note there there's definitely things to work with with red velvet i think more than ty conti i think red velvet would probably get things faster and though there was a stupid spot (laughs) where she like ty conti goes for a kick and Red Velvet ducks, and she looks to the she looks to the audience, goes ha ha, and then gets kicked <laughs> in the back of the head. Like, you're the aren't you supposed to be the bay face? And why do they look like an idiot? <sighs> and what about Brandy's performance in this match too? Like her coming out all, like, yeah, she she bummed. she didn't she didn't want to do any of the entrance and all that. She stuff. didn't want to do the mix the the cake mixing with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is everyone out of some kind of unique place? Like we have Orange Cassie for wherever. We have red velvet from your mama's kitchen. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's going on? Oh man! Oh, all right, that's a good. That's a good place to end, though. <laughs> from we're ending from your mama's kitchen. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we'll we'll be back 
with our WCW Saturday Night Review. And it's going to be an interesting and crazy week for us because we got to record that show. Then we have to watch Clash of the Champions because Clash of the Champions is before the next WCW Saturday Night. And so we'll talk a little bit about Clash. We won't focus too much on it. But then, you know, we're also going to pre-record the uh, Survivor Series. So we got a lot of wrestling to watch in addition to AEW and NXT next week. So we're going to be busy. But um, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll have, I, I know I'm going to have so much fun with that uh, Survivor Series pay-per-view. All right. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.